I know I've been trading before, but I was not really trading, I was more gambling. It's increasing the probability and lowering the risk of the trade. It's really important to make the right decisions on the pressure. You still can experience FOMO, you still can have anxiety. No one's perfect, including myself. Love the certificate behind you, by the way. Your emotional management is so much better. I've never missed one single day. The management of your own emotional intelligence is getting so much better, especially after rewired. You've done it, you've done everything you need to do, and you've passed, and you got to the next stage. Always all in on the things that I do. Roderick, let's get into your Journey. It's been one of the best journeys of my life to gain experience in the market. Grateful to be in this position. Nine trades back to back gone, and then that shattered my confidence completely. You really want to believe something. There's been some highs, there's been some lows. I wasn't good at maths, I failed it at college. I wanted to be a full-time trader by the end of the year. This is actually possible. Trading, trading, trading. All of that euphoric feeling. You can't stop my trading. It's just made me a much better trader overall. Welcome back to another Inside the Mind podcast. Right, Roderick, so before everybody learns about your st your story and how you became a portfolio asset manager, I want to really dive into some of these trades that you took on the fund. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one in particular that I want to go over, which is a break-even that I think will be very valuable. But first up, let's let's start with a win, right? There's a, a Kiwi Yen trade here, which is literally Falcon 101. And th there's so much about this that most people would just go straight over their heads. Talk us through this position on how you how you got involved and why you was looking at this. Well, first of all, it's how you're saying it, right? It's Falcon 101. So you have this ascending one, two, three, the bigger one. Mm -hmm. And within that, you have a smaller expanding one, two, three. So a pattern within a pattern, not the same pattern, but it just hires the probability of the trade. Uh, combined with the hook point, um, which we have learned in the new AFT uh, content. So the hook points are very, very valuable if you know how to trade them. And just overall, it was a really good one, two, three within a one, two, three. And the last leg within expanding is, I think, something that a lot of people can, can be caught off by because it was pretty impulsive if you're looking at it on the one hour, um, which also increases the risk a little bit of the trade. And you can go risk entry on an entry like on a setup like this. Mm -hmm. But in my personal preference, because the ascending was pretty large and I don't really take risk entries on the expanding, I waited for a small consolidation after the one hour pin bar which is also a red one. So it's increasing the probability and lowering the risk of the trade again. So if you can go to the 15, oh. I think there's a small impulse. Yeah, so let's get to this trade. Yeah, so this was really nice. I think you make a great point about people can get put off on that last leg, but it has con context behind it. So you was, yeah. you was waiting for a rejection here, right? Yeah, I was waiting for a rejection and because there was an internal one to three, the rejection doesn't have to be that good, you know. Mm -hmm. If it's just the last leg on the ascending one to three on a higher time frame, you want a bit more conviction at your side. But this is already had a one to three within. Mm -hmm. So a small push down on the 15 was enough for me to go to the five and use an AFT entry on this uh, this type of entry. But was it up here that you got involved? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit higher. Yeah, so if we just go to the five so we can see. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I see. Yeah, nice. And yes. I just took, I just took the flag over there. At uh, this one here, yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. that one. Yeah, nice. So this was like, um, so you're you're one are you one hour ahead of the UK. Yeah, I'm one hour ahead. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so nice. So that I I like that because this is again AFT, just so simple. You would easily miss that trade. Would this be a trade that you would have 
how would you approach this? Let's say that you hadn't had AFT in this scenario, because again, you could go risk entry, you could take it on the one hour. There's multiple ways to take it, but just being able to see that little five minute, would that be something that you noticed previously before AFT? Did you ever see anything like that just out of curiosity? No, not really, because I'm a really good listener and we only knew the 50 minute as a refinement uh, time frame, And I just st stick with that because I think it's very important for the students in the community and also we we'll try to join the community that you listen to the coaches, you know, they have the experience, they have done what you want to do. So if they say to you, just use the 50 minutes, I just use the 50 minutes and I'm not going to field on the five unless they say it's possible to do so. So I just used the 15 and uh, just to use the 15 um, if there was no AFT in that trade. Nice. That was good. That was a trick question you passed. <laughs> oh, okay. Very nice. <laughs> but I think when you go to the 15 again, there was also a 50 minute injury. Yes. Only, only the flag will be a little bit more developed, which is also a good thing because of the A to B movement on the on the impulse. So yes. You could have been entered this on the one hour, 50 minutes or five. Um, yeah, well, great that's, the, that's that's the beauty of it when you can this is where someone will see an AFT entry and think oh only when I'm advanced I can get those entries the reality is there's normally lots of entries like you could take it on the one hour you could have taken it on the first rejection that might be your style maybe not you could have taken it on the second one the third one definitely after we saw that candle shape you could have just taken it as just on the break very simple the consolidation on the lower time frame just assists ever so ever so further how are you finding these hook points by the way is this giving you any more clarity in positions is it something you observed or maybe even saw previously yeah it was it was something i was observing uh before aft came out because when you are forecasting every single day and you just you are really intentional when you're looking at a chart just not scrolling mm. over it uh while you're eating or doing something else just really intentional with the charts uh you notice things like that but I had to refocus myself a little bit because I didn't know exactly which hook points were great and which one I could have neglected more. Mm -hmm. So it was just um, yeah, a, a, a little addition to my own trading style. But when you know how to use them, they are very profitable and they can help you a lot when deciding how to filter your watch list or what to do on your daily watch list. Because if a one to three like this is combined with a hook point. It has a greater probability of playing out than without a hook point. So, yeah, it's really helpful. And I think it helps me a lot with my precision in trades as well on the yeah, low time. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, I'm, I'm finding that it's becoming very, very good for precision for a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. when you become more uh, experienced and you know what your style of getting involved in these trades you know, people are going to have different preferences as to what type of trades they take. That's normal. It's normal for me, Abdu, Ibi, yourself, anyone. Is No one's going to take the exact same trades. We're still following the same plan as the overall thesis of the market, but you might just prefer. Like some people don't take reversals. That's okay. You, you If you didn't ever want to take a reversal, that's fine. You still make money. You know, you can yeah. just take continuations. You just have to be very clear on what is your game plan and what you feel great about testing and actually doing. So this was really, really solid. I want to just shift over to this break even real quick. So this is um this was a QEN trade as well, I believe. Yeah, QEN provides the goods. Yeah. So talk us through this one because this would be one that maybe someone just disregards, right? Because this was a break even. You might think, look, didn't make any money, didn't lose any money, we'll just kind of leave it. However, as you know, 
you still have to look at the quality of the trades. Like, what potential did the trade have? Was there anything particular that you liked about this one? Yeah, I think this is a very good example, uh, as you said, of a trade that was uh, perfectly out of my plan, but just uh, didn't commit as uh, QEN did the, the previous one. But yeah, it was just a three-touch flag, typical Falcon pattern. And I used all the rules out of my plan. Uh, maybe uh, other people would have entered it a little bit different. But mm. for me, this is exactly how I would enter trade. And there was nothing wrong with it. So just uh, I was a little bit late with this trade. I remember it. And I uh, entered, it, uh, entered it a candle later than normal. But right, yeah, um, price was still hanging around my preferred entry. So yeah, you can take the entry uh, 15 minutes later. No problem with that. Yeah, nice. So this one had tons of potential, just happened to be a break even. When you've been, of course, on your road to consistency, and I think this is where a lot of traders struggle, how did you how did you take things like this where, I don't know, for example, you took a break even, then it ran on to go 7%, right? It happens to every trader. Or you took a break even and then you just disregarded it. Did you was you, did you always intentionally look at these trades and go, right, I understand that this is the type of trade if I consistently take is going to bank profit. So I'm not going to take the break even personally, basically. Did that come easy to you? Um, I don't want to say it comes easy to me, but I really understand it because mm. you have said it so many times. Ibi has said it so many times and Abu as well. So I really understand that it's not personal to me, but um, yeah, it, it's not. I think some something that's really misregarded by a lot of people is we are not robots when we are getting better, right? So the emotions doesn't disappear. You just handle it better. Mm. And I think it's a slippery slope. You think that your emotions are going to disappear with time because it's not. I can still look at a chart and have FOMO or have anxiety or think. Uh, just have a messy mind in that in that, um, that part. But yeah, the management of your own emotional intelligence is getting so much better, uh, especially after rewired. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest difference. Just your emotional management is so much better. Uh, especially after three years, like I am in the community for three years now, a little bit more. And if you're every day thinking about your own mental state, your thoughts, your flow zone, yeah, there's no, re there's not really any other way than to progress. So yeah, I love that. But before we get into the rewired part and how you've kind of utilized that, because I'm sure a lot of students will be, you know, interested how you've kind of navigated through that. As an example of what you said. You still can experience FOMO. You still can have anxiety. No one's perfect, including myself. As a prime example, leading to your trade, this is a mistrade for me, right? But you caught this position. I believe Ibi caught this position as well. Many people in the community did. I didn't look at that position and then go, I'm a robot. I'm happy I, I missed out on the percentage. I'm still mm. going to have some level of emotion. It's just, I just won't dwell on it. That's what I've learned over the years. I just won't look at that position and go, it won't ruin my whole day. I just might be slightly bothered about it for about one minute i'm like yeah. right okay move on to next trade that's it but the duration is other traders it'll ruin their whole day they'll then take three losses and i don't understand that their emotional state is what messes them up not the fact that they missed this trade but let's let's break this this one down because again this is one that could have gone under the radar for a lot of people so we was all looking at euro dollar what made this trade for you how was you looking to break this down yeah so on the higher time frame we are in a state of continuation and we have a um, the ray line, the lowest ray line on your screen is, yep. is our, our first target uh, on the higher time frame for possible reversal. Um, and on the lower time frames, it was not really your clear one to three. Um, 
because price is messing around for a couple of weeks, just a, a little bit hovering. But if you go to uh, the four hour, please for me. Four hour, yep. Yeah, um, you have a, a already evolved the structure, but I had it like a ascending as a little bit of a subjective first high. All right, so let's bring that back to here. So did you have this as like uh, somewhere around here, like a radar? Yeah, I had an ascending channel from a little bit lower. Uh, but it yeah, was yeah. a little bit of a subjective high. So oh, some, like yes. somewhere around here, roughly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, I see what I you guess. mean. And, and then you had the ray line in here. So almost like a channel. Yeah, yeah like override of the, of the structure. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and then nice. the trade makes a lot of sense if you see it on a four hour like this, especially after the four hour bearish uh, candle mm -hmm. before the flag. So when I was seeing this on the four hour, I just went to the one hour to uh, filter the, the trade down even further. And what I really liked uh, with this trade was that you have that small low uh, in the override area. Yes, and that it broke that one impulsively. Mm -hmm. And after that, it formed the flag. So, um, yeah, when that happened, the 50 minutes was good to go for me. So, as you can see, I'm breaking the, I'm breaking the trade down from high time frame to low time frame. And I think that's really important for the people in the community and people who are listening to this, that you really use that door system, like... Go to the four hour first, then the one hour, because I think that a lot of people are way too zoomed in on the 15 minutes and making sense of everything, connecting trend lines to the most ridiculous structures because they're not seeing the one hour and four hour correctly. Mm. So I think that's a really important tip to give uh, to the people in the community to really use that door system. And as you can see, the 15 minutes, it had a clear one to three expanding. And because it was a 15 minute structure, I entered it on the five minutes. It was a small a retrace on the third top of the five minute. And with a 10 pip stop loss, you are protected easily above all the trend lines, wigs, everything. So yeah, really simple execution of the trade. Yeah, this this is lovely. Just thoughts on the position, right? Because I know some people would have talked themselves out of it. How did you see this as, let's say, a corrective structure into a correction? This is the most common one. We know this doesn't mean don't take the trade. Right. This this means understand the risks involved in it. So when you see something like that, do you have a criteria? How how do you kind of uh, navigate that through your your risk? Uh, for me personally, the risk was already mitigated because it was a three touch structure. So with a with a two touch structure, I was a, I would have been a little bit more um, conservative, and maybe I wouldn't have taken the the risk entry. But because it's a three touch structure, you already have uh, more confirmation from the market, and I just be a little bit more. Um, aware in my management but yes so if we started projecting on this low for example and exactly. then we retrace here this would just be maybe a simple break even and yeah. you would have understood why i, I like yes. that I like that thought process that you mentioned about the two touch because that is the correct thought process to understand the risk is mitigated from the three touch that's the whole point and i'm glad that your your mind went there straight away yeah and the little hook point on the five above i think some people have talked themselves out of this trade from the little hook point but yeah yeah, it's on the five minutes, so the lower the time frame, the less uh, importance the hook points have. And it was also not really that close because the structure is... If you go to the hook point, the difference is almost half of the structure. So, yeah, exactly. I just ignored it. Exactly. And it's all part of this. It's yeah. all part of that structure as well. I think there's a, a key details. You, you see how... People look at price action and think everything else is easy, it's obvious, but in the moment to be able to factor those things in and then just execute on that 
comes with experience and time. Like you're not an overnight success. You've not been here for six months. You've been here for a number of years, right? So you, you've built the layers of foundation. I can tell that you've listened well. This is a brilliant trade. So this is a go-to one for me, as you know. This yeah. would have been, what did you bank on this one in the end? Was this about 10? No, it was just, yeah, it was around, was around 10, but it was a special occasion for me because it was running around 10 and we had a little inflection low on the left. Not not really a reversal area, but an inflection one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And because I was floating around my profit target for the firm and I already completed my trading days, I just went a little bit more aggressive with the management than I normally will do because it was a special occasion. But uh, normally I would have um, set a profit target on the 90% rule and I would have been tagged out for around 13. Yeah, yeah nice. Like that, yeah, 12, yeah. 12 and a half. Yeah, that's that's lovely. And you made the right choice, the right tactic. This is where <laughs> manual close makes sense, right? You've done it, you've done everything you need to do and you've passed and you got to the next stage. Yeah, and I think it's really important to to understand when you have to be be a bit more subjective mm-hmm. because uh, what, what, we, what we were discussing before with um, how you enter a trade like that, it's really easy to do it afterwards when we're sitting here, but don't forget that it's done when the pressure was on in the heat of the moment and it's really important to make the right decisions on the pressure and it's a skill that's really helpful when you're a trader. 100 percent the most important you. one thank you for breaking down those positions i'm sure a lot of people in the community would have seen that wow these are these are trades that i take right i've taken positions like this what they don't realize is some of the key differences that you just don't go on to a five loss losing streak because you're in control of your emotional state love the certificate behind you by the way you got that frame straight away yeah it, it was an empty list till i got it it was just like a reminder for myself why why i was doing all the things that i was doing so yeah, the that's lovely. We'll, we'll, we'll have a seven-figure one on top soon, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'll, we will do a new podcast in a seven-figure hoodie. Oh, definitely. I, I look forward to it. Well, Roderick, let's get into your journey, right? I'm, there's people listening that haven't got no clue about Falcon. They're not always involved. There's lots of students who will naturally want to relate to your journey. Overall, how long have you been in Falcon? And did you know about trading before? Yeah, I knew I was trading before, but I was not really trading. I was more gambling. Right. So I, I joined Falcon, I think, January 2020. And yeah, just a characteristic of me personally is that I'm always all in on the things that I do. Mm. So if it's a new sport or a new game or a new book, I just I go on with it. And when I joined Falcon in 2020, I we didn't have that much content at the time like we have right now, but we still had a foundation series, the quick tips. Uh, so there was plenty of content that I need to study. And I just, I went after it like big time and I completed the foundation series, the quick tips. I just did what you told me to do in that order. And then COVID hit. So I was just getting used to the strategy and then, yeah, uncertain times came. The market went a little bit volatile. Um, and people left um, the community for some weird reasons. And I just, I don't know really what it was, but it felt good straight away since January. And I never doubted anything about it. So I just went on with it day after day. And after three years, it's really to look back on it. and mm-hmm. think it's already been three years. And to sit here with you is a little bit unreal, to be honest. But yeah, it's also a end product of a lot of discipline every single day. I've never missed one single day since I since I joined, joined the community of forecasting or doing the routines I needed to do. 
And I've always taken it serious from the first day. And I think that's mm -hmm. a really important uh, thing to cover because there were a lot of people in the community for maybe four years or two years, but they, yeah, were not really that committed to it. And mm -hmm. for me personally, I was in the community since 2020 and I've committed since 2020. So I think that's, that's what made the difference. Yeah, I, I love that. And speaking of that time as well, because interesting time of when you joined, how did you navigate through that? Because it, it was a, it was a strange period that we had where you have to understand when, when people don't want to, misery loves company. And when you have a group of people that have not succeeded yet and decide, oh, maybe the strategy's not working, and then they just go from here to there, and you're early on, how did you navigate through the noise and then not get sucked into that? Because a lot of people that did that are still, unfortunately, they've not succeeded. And I, and I knew that because psychological issues would just follow them anywhere. Trade five different strategies, you'll be in the same position. How did you stay strong-headed? I think it was just looking at you because um, I didn't care what other people in the community were doing uh, and how they were trading. I just looked at you and the other coaches at the time and I just saw they're still making money besides of the fact how volatile and how unpredictable the market is they just tweak their edge and they continue to make money so there's absolutely no reason to quit or to to change anything that i'm doing right now i just have to learn to adapt to this new unpredictable moment in the in the, in the world and yeah i just kept my focus but for me it's really simple to do that i don't know it's it's a, a nice characteristic that i have and i'm not yeah I'm not blaming anyone or thinking uh, critically when the facts are there. You're you're taking winning trades and you're still doing everything uh, right. So the problem lies with me and not with you or the strategy. I, I think that's hard for people to swallow in this industry as a whole. Not so much in Falcon because we got some really strong characters like in the hundreds. However. Mm -hmm as a whole, it's hard to take that level of accountability. Has that been something from your upbringing that you've been able to always look at yourself and say, it's my responsibility if I'm going to win? Yeah, it's just, I think my upbringing was that I had to figure it out by myself a lot. And when I was doing something, the only one who I can blame was myself in a lot of situations. So yeah, I think that helped me a lot to be resourceful, to be self-accountable. I think that's what's more bringing you. Yeah, I love that. And you've got a key characteristic. All of the people that have scaled up on funded capital, whether it be our in-house fund or on third-party funds have got 200K, 300K with like FTMO or, or whoever it is, all are great listeners. Like, yeah, I think that's and, the most and they important. mention it as well, as you mention it, like you know it about yourself that mm -hmm. you're able to listen and just follow instructions versus trying to formulate what you think you should do. And I think that is a key characteristic of success when you actually know how to be guided. There's one thing subscribing to something and saying, right, I'm going to follow this trading education. And there's another thing actually knowing how to learn from people, which is so fascinating to me because again, I wasn't a natural born teacher. I didn't start trading thinking I'm going to one day create a community. I started learning to trade as 18 because I want to make money and I want to quit my job the same way. But never did I realize that I thought everyone went all in. So when I invested, you know, 5K, I thought, well, if you want to learn to trade, like you put your money where your mouth is and you take full accountability. That was that came natural for me. But I've realized that not everyone has that. And it can come from upbringing, people around you. How have you now found, you've been in Falcon for like three years or so, how have you found the community structure, people you've engaged with, 
how have you found that as a whole? Have you always had like a good network, like circle, and how have you utilized that? Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty introvert person, mm. um, and I'm really focusing on myself. So um, I think having an accountability partner, just someone to keep you sharp and vice versa is, is really important. But at the same time, I know who I need to listen to. And if I can help someone who is in a bad situation in the community, I will do. But I have very clear on my mind that you, Ibi and Abdu, are the most important persons to listen to in the community. And I think that's also very important that you know who are you, who are you listening to and why are you listening to that person? Because when, when it's about trading, I'm listening to you and the other coaches. And when I'm looking for mental toughness or something, I'm looking at Dave Goggins. But I think it's really important to know why you are looking to someone. And Mark, are you still there? Yep. Yeah, oh, you yeah, your, your screen yeah. is freezing, man. Yeah, oh, no, it's, like... it's come back now. Okay, thanks. But if you're looking at David Goggins as an example for mental toughness, it's okay. But I'm also big into um, gaining muscle in the gym. And if you just look at his approach to training, it's ridiculous for muscle hypertrophy. So it's really important that you know why you are listening to people and see the intention behind the people. Because if I want to learn about food, um, I, I go to listen to Huberman. If I want to learn about mental toughness, I'm going to listen to Goggins. And for trading, it's, uh, it's the coach in Falcon, like you. So I think that's really important as well, that you know why you are listening to someone, for which reasons, and that you're not just copying everything a person is doing because it can also be detrimental for your own personal um, yeah, thing you, you try to achieve. 100%. And that just comes from you being clear on knowing what you want. Now, what you just broke down would be very black and white and simple that you think would most people would understand, yet they don't. So does that come from you just being very clear on you know what you want. You know what you want out of trading. I mean, talk us through that. What is the plan for you as to what you want? Do you want to trade full-time? Do you want to trade and have a business? Do you want to trade and have multiple sources of income? Because usually people that say the things that you're saying, which is spot on, they're very clear on what they want. Yeah, I think when looking at my why, it it's a really normal one, like helping people in the family and stuff. But for me, it's more like a deeper personal one because when I was nine years old, my father died. And he had a second heart attack. He survived the first one, but the second one was, um, he not survived that one. And I always had the thing in my head, like I have a, a sister, she's one year older than me, but she's just not. And I think you can, um, you can see the same in your surroundings, but not everyone is financial smart. And you can say to them, like, just invest in S&P or something, you know, dollar cost average. It's easy. It's risk. It's low risk. But they still would say like, oh, I don't know. It seems risky. It seems like it's not the right, right thing to do. And I love her, but she's not that financial smart. And I think that it's really important for me as a, a mission that I look after her the most because I think that's what my father wanted. And that's my biggest why to do that. And after that, I think that's the most important one. But I want to be uh, a full-time trader, of course but not sitting at home all day. So um, yeah, just business diversification, like other asset classes, uh, maybe property mm. or more niches like uh, gold, uh, watches, wine. I don't know. Um, just being busy with 
uh, investing and living a legacy. Yeah, I love that. That that why is very very strong and very honourable, and I can sense the the level of duty that you feel to to do that as well, which I fully fully respect. And I believe that it's that when it's something connected to something deep like that, that you will do it. You can't stop someone that has something that strong, and I can I can see that in you, and that's brilliant. And it's very very clear. You know exactly what you want to do. That diversification is brilliant as well, and knowing that you don't just want to sit in front of a screen. This is why I designed it this way. You know, yeah. there's loads of different strategies. I mean, I came amongst all of them, but what I, I'm so glad that I done is I never got sucked into the noise of like what makes the biggest number because I just knew that surely that's not like my logical brain thought surely that's not right. Like if I sat in front of the screen for eight hours a day, even if I made a million a month, like how long could I stay in front of the computer eight hours a day? Kids, family, travel, like you just can't. So you almost become enslaved to your computer screen. So building something that's flexible, like the way we trade, as you can tell, you might not take a trade for what, four days, five days, sometimes a week. You're into fitness, you're into other things. You can do, you can map out everything that you want to do. I want to circle it back to what you mentioned earlier about mental toughness. And of course, going through rewired flow zone, being in the right state of mind. How have you, for someone right now, maybe just got rewired or they've been going through it for a while. It's really important. And I say this as well, but you're a good listener. So this is why I'm asking this question. Don't go through it like a podcast because rewired isn't a podcast. It's difficult to change the way that you think. How have you gone through that? Yeah, I think when rewired came out, I just bought it immediately because as I said earlier, I was all in. So I never doubted anything. I just bought it and I went on with it. Um, and for me, it was the most important thing about the Rewired series for me is just the thinking about your thoughts all day, just mm. interrupting yourself when you're thinking negative, when you're thinking um, in, a, in a fixed mindset, just the error thoughts all day. You just need to interrupt them as soon as possible. And when you're doing that, things are just started to click. It just doesn't happen overnight, but if you do it every single day with intention, it's really important that you do it with intention and not when you're feeling like it. It's really important to have discipline and things like that. But yeah, I think the error thoughts, that was the most important for me just to interrupt them. This is the key thing here. Everybody takes away something different from it. And this mm -hmm. is what I always explain to someone. In all of the modules everyone's going to have a different problem. Say, for example, you really struggle with self-image. Someone who struggles with self-image is going to relate to that module a lot more than something else, where someone might have a lot of things figured out, very assured of themselves, high confidence, no low self-esteem, but there's just something that niggles away that they have too many negative thoughts and they just don't know how to deal with them. And that negative thought pattern will just lead to revenge trading, all kinds of terrible trades that you could just stop yourself if you knew how to do it. And that's why I love that there's just one little segment, whether it's error thoughts, whether it's the window of opportunity. I mean, I've done it this morning. I have a, a lot of pressure this week of just work schedule, like more than what I normally would. And then this morning, I had a, a, literally 20 seconds where I started thinking about all of that. And straight away, error thought, I was like, this is not a useful thought to me. Calibrated my mind. Fine. So I still yeah. do it. It's not like uh, you become this person where you have no pressure, no thoughts, no nothing. You just need to learn how to manage them. Getting yourself in the right state of mind to trade, is that something that, have you got like a checklist, any rituals that you do, any habits? Like, is there any non-negotiables that you do every day that you can attribute, right, I know this is going to be good for my mental health? 
yeah, I just have some very strong routines. And I think for me, what was really important is that it's not too complicated because if I have to do uh, 35 things every morning, like stretching, uh, singing, dancing, walking in the sun, it's just <laughs> too difficult, you know? So I just, I kept it short and steady. I just wake up. I will drink a lot of water to hydrate, take a cold shower, and then I will do my affirmations. I went to the charts, uh, do my forecast for the day, and then I go to the gym and that's it. So not really anything um, complicated, but just a small, steady, really fast, because I think overall it's 30 minutes max every mm -hmm. morning. And I also take a little bit of supplements, but nothing crazy. So yeah, that's what's working for me. I don't have to have uh, a lot of different things and I just have one, a little a good routine for I think the last year, and I keep it like this. Yeah, so you stick to that religiously every single day. Yeah, that's the morning, and throughout the day, my my days are always different because some days I'm working, some days I'm free. So uh, throughout the day, it's more like a, a mix up how the day is going, but still every day focusing on the on the mindset and the flow zone, just checking my flow mm -hmm. uh, a couple of hours, and. In the evening, I will do another quick market scan to uh, forecast for the next day because I'm uh, I'm up five in the morning normally, and what really helps me is to forecast in the evening and to do a little forecast in the morning. So when I'm going to the charts in the morning, I'm already clear on what I have to see. I don't have to do a, a whole forecast. I just look what what happened in the night. Yeah, nice simple things like that are so so effective duration of time right would you say on average how long do you spend on the charts on average on a day would it be an hour less than that i think in the morning the whole morning routine is around 30 to one hour 30 mm. minutes to one hour and i think 20 minutes of that is chart time and in the evening it depends on the day it, if it was a really impulsive day and i didn't have any trades that i have took i just really scan the market to see did I miss something or so when it's a little bit different every day, but normally I would say one hour a day. And then if there's a trade chat sh shaping up, I will take it and it's yeah, maybe five, 10 minutes try today. So nice. I think one and a half is, is, is high level, but normally one hour. Yeah. It really does depend on, of course, the day and everything like yes. that. But it just goes to show you that even with 30 to 40 minutes an average day, that's literally all you need once you know what you're doing. At the beginning, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're on the charts all day long. You're learning all these things. But eventually, the less time you have in front of the charts, the better. Waiting. Money is made when you wait. A lot. Yeah. I know lots of good traders in the community. They take lots of winning trades, but they also take four losses in a day. And then I scratch my head thinking, where, where did you find these trades? It's all emotionally driven. Yeah. They know they're not good trades, but they can't help themselves. But click, click, click. You need to relax. Yeah, and that, that's a pattern that I found in myself as well. That if I'm if I'm in a busy day and mm. just doing things, my trading is much better than 100%. when I'm sitting at home the whole day, just watching at a, at that screen. You know, it's just yeah, you're gonna caught gonna get caught in some positions that you truly don't take if you're just busy. So, full time trading it sounds very nice, but you need to do something else with it. And hundred percent. This is what I want, Roderick. This is what I want for the community. This is why we do like the recession workshops, why we build all these things out. Because if you're going to sustain this and you're going to do this for years to come, you'll get burnt out if you if you just search for positions. 
and you will yeah. find ways like nothing's going to get hit hard as life there's going to be situations that can happen in your life that you can't really even prepare for to all of us and if imagine even just from that if i just took humans as a whole imagine we had to take i don't know three trades a day let's say that was our average in falcon three trades a day what's the chances over a 10-year period traumatic things that you can't expect happen in your life. Lots of things happen. Someone could go through a divorce. It doesn't always have to be, you know, like health related, but you could go through a divorce. It could go through anything. But you still, in order for your edge to play out, three trades on average a day, you're, it, there's so much risk involved in that that you won't keep that up, that you could go from a competent trader, like you really know your stuff, but something could break you. And yeah. then you now have to trade so much. So this is where I thought, right, I need to build a system that if I didn't trade for a week, it wouldn't actually be detrimental. If I missed a trade, there would always be another trade. Always focus on management. Always focus on how you can scale up slowly. And that's the funny thing. You've been doing this, what, three years? You've just hit a milestone. And you can start to read it. By the end of the year, you could be trading a much, much bigger account, which you know. But then when someone would look at that, there's been many people in one year, they got a 400K account, and now they're back to zero. So they might get something quickly, but then the back of zero again, where you've just stayed the course, listened well, done what you need to do. But now you've got strong foundations, like these trades that we went over earlier. You know how to take them. You can build the higher time frame narrative. There's, it's almost difficult for you to unlearn how you see the market. Have you ever had those reflections where you remember what you was like, I don't know, like two and a half years ago, how you used to read the charts and now you've got the competence, the clarity? How does that, how does that thought process go for you? Yeah, I think a, a small little tip for people listening um, who are in a, a pretty negative flow or just have a tough time is just go back to your old, old trades from a year ago, two years ago, and you, you just see what was I doing, you know, mm. every single time. It's just you're growing so much and it's not always on the so surface. It's a lot under the ground. And maybe you think, oh, this day, not really anything happened, but it's compound so fast. And I think that's really what I did. I just looked at my old trades and I thought, man, I'm growing fast. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it kept me motivated a lot. And yeah, just looking back to trades, it's just, uh, it's the best thing for me to get my flow higher. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Leaning into that, if you were to give advice, let's say you're standing in front of the whole community, which you can have that visual, what would what would be the advice, like the, the cold hard truth as to what do you believe people need to do to make it in Falcon and in trading? If you were to say, right, this is what I've done. This is what I see that most people, they don't seem to do, and they need to be doing more of it. I think it's, it's, it's pretty simple because you want to be a high-level trader in one of the toughest industries in the world. Just act like you are one of the toughest in the world. You know, you can be expecting anything good to happen if you're just saying to yourself, oh, I'm not feeling that good today. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, I had a car accident. So you just have to toughen up and just the, the to be the best of the best, you need to act like the best of the best. I think it's really that simple. And just, it's not about trading only. It's about, and that's the most important thing about trading. It's everything in your life. So if you have sleeping problems, it's, it's going to depend a lot about your trading. If you eat unhealthy food every single day, how are you going to make good decisions when you're full of uh, complex sugars all day? Just everything has to be on point and dialed in to be the best trader you can be. And I think that's the most important important part. Be the best version of yourself in all areas of life. Just that.
Yeah, love that. Everything is connected to everything else. That's it. You listen to it, you do it, you live by it. And I absolutely love that. Seriously, Roderick, incredibly proud of you. And congratulations again on becoming a portfolio asset manager. This is just a small milestone for where, and I mean that respectfully, because of the level of person that you are and the potential that you have, you could be trading much higher figures and you know that. So the next stage now is just stay grounded, next game plan. How have you felt becoming a portfolio asset manager? Have you found any kind of emotional things where now you're to the next stage? Has anything creeped in or do you just feel exactly the same? I thought I would have felt in a different way while I would be a portfolio asset manager, but I feel pretty the same. It's just a little bit unreal, but you're visualizing it every single day and you're thinking about it so much that when it happens and it's not happening by fluke, you just think, I deserve it. You know, I do everything I can uh, to be a portfolio asset manager and my routines are strong. I'm doing it every single day. So, and that's what you say about the self-image. My self-image is very good because I know I'm doing the things that I need to do. It's just really that simple. Yeah, that's brilliant. I can see that you you and I want to I want us to finish this off with this part because I can sense that you do it really well. The visualization part. Is there any te techniques that you do? I can see whether you framed it. I can see the other picture in the background. Really, really nice. We know exactly where that is. <laughs> uh, so what the visualization part, because a lot of people don't do this, right? You would think that more people would. Is that played a big role? Like do you actively on a regular basis? think about right this is where i'm going to be this is what i'm going to look like is that like a conscious thought to you yeah for me things like um printing things out and just looking at photos from for example looking at a ferrari mm. just really drives me so um and of course um when i'm doing my goals i'm really specific with my goals and knowing your golden number just simple things like knowing your golden number and just truly amazed how many people in the community still don't know their golden number and for me it's just so important to have it i see it every single day i just know exactly what i'm working towards and yeah i just see it as milestones that i'm just reaching every single time yeah that's lovely how, how close are you to your golden number do you know how many doubles that you'll be into yet there i think two doubles two yeah nice mm -hmm. that's very very achievable that, yeah. that must feel so close to you. They're right. Two dollars is nothing. You know, you could be there in three months, might take four, might take less, who knows? But it's it's right there in the grasp. I'm sure you visualize that moment as well. So the game yeah. plan for you, let's say you hit your golden number, then then what is it? Is that when you hand in your notice? What's the what's the game plan with that? Yeah, it's just I think it's the, the most small way to do it is to go part-time first and then just quit work completely to have a little bit of an adaption um and yeah just from there i want to help a lot of people in the community because yeah you, you need to have a, like a standard for i can help people because i'm in a position to help you know mm -hmm. and i think that's really important to do so i will just shift my time from work to yeah, like more community work so to say yeah love that and you've done it the right way the right the right way i think a lot of people are trying to do it too quickly because mm -hmm. they're, they're eager. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's a great attitude. This is what built Falcon, you know, this ethos of actually helping people. Remember, we live in a world where no one cares about anyone. So to have such, you know, like-minded people in one environment is truly special and something that should be protected and harnessed, you know. But I think you've done it the right way where you have to selfishly focus on yourself. No one's going to trade your account for you. You've got to look after your family. You have to get to the next level. But then once you do that and you start hitting these increments, 
you'll you'll realize that life can become very quickly quite empty without having like a deeper purpose like once you take off the milestones like right i'm making money now you'll just get used to it you're like well i deserve this i've visualized this for years like i'm making money but i still do my same routines oh i've got a nicer car it's like yeah you'll get used to that in a week everything you'll get used to so then it's like what drives you every day that makes you feel like right i'm actually doing something that is going to impact people's lives and that's this being able to jump on a call with someone and say do you know what i've been here three years truthfully your attitude is not great this is what you need to do and you might change the course of that person's life but by giving them one bit of advice yeah that's a truly powerful thing to affect someone's life that then affects their family and then future generations so i'm i'm glad you've done it in the right way and uh yeah you've really really leveled up thank you well roderick end of the year i'm confident we'll see you in dubai <laughs> uh, amongst uh, many many other traders as well so I'm, I'm really looking forward to you ticking off those milestones, hitting those goals. And and really thank you for being a, a true pillar of the community, leading by example, and just listening well. It's one of the key things. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast, I really hope you took oh, took those things away from it because it's the commonality. Hundreds and hundreds of funded traders, in-house fund, third-party fund, they're just all great listeners. If you could just become a good listener, I promise you, you'll scale up so much quicker. Roderick, thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure. and look forward to seeing you again in person real soon. Yes, lovely to. Thank you. Thank you.